Midwest, that city where they spent two times. Say now I'm from the city in the Midwest, rapping my state, my state. Say now I'm from the city in the Midwest, rapping my state. That's Ohio. I'm from the city in the Midwest, rapping my state. That's Ohio. Yeah, I'm from the city where they spent two times. Dope white boy, tell 'em I don't do lines, so I stuck up in the back though. Rip flat hat low, kick back lax flow, give 'em what they ask for. They don't know who I am, I think it's okay. Just clap for the no name. Ole, ole, shots to Patron. No way, Jose, Cincinnati boy, a bottle of Pete Rose. Gunner takes the snap, stands and fires. He's got Chris Moore down the middle of the field. He's off to the races again. They are not going to catch Chris Moore, who is going to go 78 yards for another Cincinnati touchdown. Kilpatrick drives all the way to the basket. Lefty shot. Good. 4.3 seconds left in overtime. He takes the shotgun snap. Short drop. Looking. Fires down the middle of the field. Caught by Kelsey. He's running away to the 30, the 20, the 10. It's a miracle. A touchdown for the Bearcats. Cumberland swerving into the lane. Great spin move. Right hand layup oh is good. Spin cycle. Add fabric softener later. On Gary Clark throws it back out to Troy Copain. 308 left. Evans for three. Got it from the left wing. What was that a big one? Tony Pike waits for the snap. Has the football. Short drop. Lobs one down the sideline for Bins. He's got it. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 18 of the Go Beer Cats podcast. This one I'm calling No More March Magic, but I gotta be real here. There's not a whole lot of anything positive to talk about right now. A positive that I do have, though, is that here in a moment, we are going to be joined by the Dermar Johnson, former UC player and former number six NBA draft pick in 2000. He's going to give us his reactions to the news today, some advice going forward, uh, as well as some other random questions that I thought I should ask him while I had him on the line. Great stuff here. Hold on to your hats for that. Before we get started, there's not going to be one beer of the podcast today. I'm probably going to be drinking several to get through this. Starting off here with a Westside Brewing Dry Hopped Pilsner. Uh, they took their crisp, delicious Pilsner that I love that they come out with each spring that's already on the shelves. And they, they dry hopped it. And uh, this is delicious. It's not too hoppy. It's got the hops on the nose. Still got that crisp Pilsner taste. Very, very good. Very delicious. Uh, first time I'm having this one. And uh, good thing it's a 16-ouncer. So let's just jump right into it here. All right, the Bearcats are officially finished with the 2020-2021 basketball season. Finishing 12-11, and 11, a winning record, over 500. Uh, after they went on a little bit of a March magical run in the American Athletic Conference Tournament where they defeated SMU and then Wichita State before getting absolutely dominated by Houston once again. Uh, the SMU, I was cautiously optimistic for this uh, for the tournament. I was ready to... You know, be excited to, to make a run like um, everyone says that Coach Brandon can put together for uh, for tournaments and, you know, sort of sneak into the automatic 
qualifying bid for the for the American and sneak into the, the tournament to get you know to get the streak to continue for for at least one more year. And SMU we uh, played them on Friday night. Got off of work right at three and uh, headed to West Side Brewing, which is a coincidence that I'm drinking uh, this beer as we go here. Headed there to watch the uh, most of the game, and definitely the entire uh, second half. It was it was a good time. People people were, uh, were there. The windows were open. Sunshine was out. Felt great. And Bearcats looked solid. They came out. They played with intensity. They played with energy. And they played with just enough desperation. And you know, when you put together those three things with with the talent that they had on the floor, usually good things are, are going to come. And they might not have won by as much as they should have, but they got the W, 74-71. Uh, some of the, the numbers here that stood out to me, uh, Davenport with 19-7, and seven, Mikey 12-6, and six, uh, Micah Adams-Woods with 12-5, and five, and Keith Williams with a solid overall game with 14-3-6. and six. Bigger, The biggest story, though, was the Bearcats being able to put the ball in the hole from the field from beyond the three-point line, they shot 44%, which is really good for this team. That would have been really good for some of the teams of Bearcats past. And at the end of the day, they put the ball in the hole. They held on. They were up by 16 at one point and, and held on for the three-point uh, victory uh, after the Ponies were trying to mount an epic comeback. But... We had just enough March Magic to get us to Saturday, where we took on the number one seeded Wichita State Shockers. Uh, if you listen to the podcast that I put out last week, I actually had two episodes. One of them, we talked with Eric from uh, Shocker Nation, uh, gave us some good stuff, some good insights. I, I felt really good about the SMU game and them being on break for so long. And you see, looking uh, looking pretty good heading into the, the tournament. I, th- I, I was confident we could we could take that game against uh, SMU. Wichita State, though, that they beat us. What seemed like pretty handily easy uh, earlier in the season. Eric said it was going to be a close game no matter what. Uh, he was definitely right. The Bearcats hold on to take on the victory. To move on to the championship game, they beat Wichita State 60-59 to after the Shockers put up a, a decently wide-open three-point shot, and it rims out. Altogether, it was a team effort on the offensive end. No one stood out, really. Uh, not a lot of people in double digits. Um, Madsen, he led the way with 10. He was the only one uh, to get up over 10 points. The rest, I mean, there's close, 7, 9, 8. The Bearcats worked uh, worked the team angle to get that one done. The biggest story and the biggest concern was that after Keith Williams, who was playing like he did not want to go home the first two games, uh, he started off the game hot. I think he might have had a, a, a quick seven points in the first half. And then, right before halftime, he was missing an action. Went MIA, uh, went to the locker room just before halftime, was there majority of the second half, and we never heard why. I uh, follow numerous accounts, people who have way more access and inside information than I do. 
the announcers on ESPN didn't have the reason why, so we didn't know exactly what the story there was with Keith Williams and if that was going to be the last time that he saw the floor in a Bearcats uniform. Luckily, the the baby Bearcats, the youth movement, shot decently well again, uh, 40% from the field, about 30% from uh, beyond the arc. They outmuscled Wichita State on the boards, 40-31. to 31. And again, they played with those three things that's usually a winning combination. Intensity, urgency, and just enough desperation. Uh, Wichita State had the chance to, to, to win the game in the final seconds, but the Bearcats had just enough of that magic to advance to the American Athletic Conference Tournament Championship game for the fourth time in a row. Just go ahead and sharpie us in there, I guess. No one uh, could blame you at this point. Unfortunately, Memphis, who we play much closer, who we played much closer, I should say, could not pull off the upset over Houston, and we had to play the Cougars once again for the championship game. Winner go home. Houston, if with a loss, they could have been knocked down to a to a three seed in the tournament. Uh, depending on how some other things went, but they were they were probably going to be a two seed. But, you know, to be sure, they had to come out and win this game. The Bearcats, of course, would have, could have snuck in if they could have found some way to get past the juggernaut of the, the Houston Cougars this season. Unfortunately, that sure as hell didn't happen. 91 to 54 was the final score. What... Very similar to the first game, uh, although to start out, I thought the defense seemed to be a little better prepared. They weren't reacting as much as they were in the first game. They they knew where to be and looked like they were poised to play some good defense throughout the game. And that went to hell real quick. I'm not numerous players, numerous players, including some seniors. They tried the bold strategy of not putting a hand in the shooter's face over and over again and acting like they didn't know that Houston can shoot at lights out. Uh, Conference player of the year, Quentin Grimes, the dude barely misses. So when you don't, uh, don't even put a hand up, like hands down at your side on multiple occasions for multiple people, you're just daring them to make the three. And that's a dare that they're going to win all the time. I'll add that with the, the Bearcats. Just, I don't know if it was fatigue, third game in thir- three days. They only shot 27% from the field, an abysmal 24% from three. And they got, they got out-rebounded 41-35. Houston only had six turnovers for the entire game. You're not going to lose a whole lot of games turning the ball over just six times. Some other other notes from the Houston game here uh, before we talk about the dumpster fire that was Tuesday, March 16th, and how that's probably going to continue here. Vote, uh, he went out with two fouls early, and and Brandon, for some reason, does this a lot. He he moves Tari Eason to the five spot. I don't think Tari should ever play the five because 
every time that he does, he ends up in foul trouble because guys are going to take it to him. The refs are super whistle happy when it comes to the freshman because I don't think they know how how to, to call a game with him in it. He's, he's got super long arms. He disrupts everything. And if he's disrupting everything, their thought process must be, well, he must be fouling. So it's boil the whistle. Diara came in. He put in some good, solid minutes. You listen to other podcasts, you know that I'm not the biggest Diara fan in the world. I think he runs around the court sometimes with a like a chicken with his head cut off. Very turnover prone. Uh, you had Nodal a couple podcasts ago say that he was like Lamar Odom at Rhode Island, except he's not Lamar Odom at Rhode Island. Uh, that was the Memphis game I think we were talking about when he had three turnovers in two and a half minutes. Regardless, he, he had 10 points. He's stroking it from three, uh, playing solid defense in the post. He could have been doing more of that this season, not at a high, high clip and, and not something that you can depend on, but to keep Tari at the four, Diara should have, should have had some more minutes, especially in this Houston game and, and even some, some other times throughout the season. <clears throat> A lot of people are mad. I think Coach Brandon, even even though I, he's he pretty much said this in his post game interview, uh, a lot of people were mad that Houston seemed to be running up the score. Uh, you know they beat us by thirty seven in this game. They beat us thirty eight the last time, and I think that was definitely happening. Definitely happening a lot. And they're, but they're not the only team to try to do that. I think UC has had a target on their back this season because of the sheer dominance that they've had in this conference since it started, right? The Bearcats in conference have something like a 77% winning percentage in the conference, winning 77% of their games. I'm sure that number's a little adjusted. I don't, that might be a couple weeks old, but that's, that's pretty close since the conference has started. The only team close to that is Houston, I think, with 76 and some change. Uh, teams have been looking to embarrass them and it has had their number. Memphis, Penny, he presses on senior day with with three walk-ons starting. Uh, Houston running up the score here both times that they've played. I think there's a little bit of, you know, we've been, we've been the victim of the Bearcats for a number of years. Let's give them, let's let them feel how it, how it is on the other side of things, on the receiving end of things. I, I think that plays into it. Could be wrong, but but I, I think I, I've seen that a, a decent amount this season and maybe more to come. Who knows? So like I said, the Bearcats finished this year's campaign 12-11. and 11. Before their long COVID break, to start the season, they were 3-7, and seven, and it was dark. It was, it was, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Wasn't a whole lot to cheer for. They go on their three-week, four-week-long COVID break, for not being able to practice or play. They come out, and they finish the season 9-4. and four. Great turnaround. Yes, they're beating ECU, and they're, and they're beating Tulane. But they're playing close with Memphis. And to, to cap off the season, they're beating the one seed, Wichita State. They're beating the five seed, or the four seed, I'm sorry, SMU. And for whatever reason, mainly 
the incredible shooting of the Cougars, there's a large gap there. Couldn't overcome it. That finishes the season for the Bearcats. And when I'm planning this podcast, I'm thinking of, you know, let's uh, let's come up and talk about some questions about the team going forward. Uh, let's give out some end of the year awards. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about what we have going for us going into the off season. You know, we know we don't have any recruits lined up for the next two seasons coming out of high school. You know, I have a list of questions here that, that I, I came up with on Sunday Sunday night, Monday afternoon. And then Tuesday comes around here, the day I'm recording this. And on Twitter, fans are learning that Mikey Saunders Jr. has entered the transfer portal. Gabe Madsen has entered the transfer portal. And Zach Harvey has entered the transfer portal, with uh, Justin Williams of The Athletic reporting that the transfers probably aren't done yet on the Mo Edgar show uh, on 1530 or 700. He says they're probably not done. So that really puts a damper on everyone. Twitter is on fire. Social media is on fire. Facebook, everything. I'm at the point where I'm just... Checking Twitter every three minutes to see who's next. Tardy Eason is a huge rumor right now of uh, of being the next guy to hit that transfer portal. That's nothing official, but that's the feeling a- around social media as it is. <clears throat> if you don't know or or haven't heard me talk about uh, this before, Tari Eason's mom is big on Twitter, very uh, opinionated, very... Uh, spirited, definitely a big fan of not just her son, but everyone on the UC basketball team cheering on Chris Vogt, Mikey Saunders, Madsen, doesn't matter. She's, she's very vocal in her, in her fanhood for, for the Bearcats and uh, her son, Tari Eason. In a tweet that has since been taken down, she says, while you're pointing fingers away from the elephant and towards people's families, there are grown men watching young men cave and out here offering more opinions than solutions. Talk is criminally cheap. End tweet. I got seven likes and, and one response, uh, and I went to try to dig a little deeper here, and it, it's now gone. So, What's what's the elephant in the room she's talking about? Uh, I know, you know, are people, fans out there, uh, you know, sending messages or, or tweets or something to to some of those guys' families complaining or they're talking shit to them? I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen that. But is that what she's talking about? Grown men out here offering more opinions and solutions. So I don't know. That's uh, dark and ominous. Who knows what that means? Uh, some of the tweets are like that every once in a while. Is John Brandon the elephant in the room? You know, there's there's a, a lot of a lot of stuff out here. There's there's uh, tweets from former players who says that they've talked to some of the current players. Some of the you know, former players saying that when they talked to them, they never had anything bad to say about the staff or the coach. 
that, you know, some of the missteps that, that they had this season, you know, was on them and that things that, that they had to do to get, get it right and fix it and, and move forward. So at least when there's some people reporting or speculating that uh, Coach Brandon is the problem, others saying that there's no real evidence of that when, when they've talked to people. So what's happening here? Is this a... Is this just a circumstance of, of the, the COVID year and giving the athletes the opportunity to, to change their mind uh, with the opt-out and then now the, the extra year of eligibility and no penalty to sit out or anything? Is this, uh, you know, there's, they're saying that the number of, of basketball transfers could be as high as 1,500 in the transfer portal. Who... Uh, who would ever have guessed that? Some, you know, some people were saying a thousand would be a lot. Fifteen hundred seems like a crazy amount. Meanwhile, not even mentioning the three guys that we've already lost and the potential of losing more. That doesn't. That's not even considering or addressing the the holes that the roster already had. Now, I mean, in in Brandon's third year, he's looking at having again. A whole new team, brand new faces, not being able to build off of anything. To me, that doesn't really doesn't sound like a winning recipe. I'm gonna take a time out here, grab another beer. All right, I'm back here. Next beer, Modern Times from the West Coast here, San Diego and/or Portland. This one's called Thundera. Hazy IPA, 6.7%. I'm not the biggest fan of, of hazy IPAs anymore. I think they're played out. Give me a clear West Coast hoppy bitter IPA instead. About 10% and 100 IBUs is where I, that's where I like to be. Not bad. Tropical, definitely heavy. Some melon there. I'd probably give it a three two five. Probably not one that I'd I'd look for again, but done well enough. You've waited long enough. Enough of all that. Let's bring in our very special guest here for this podcast. He wore number three for the Bearcats in his one year before being drafted number six overall in the 2000 draft to the Atlanta Hawks. I give you the myth, the man, the legend, Dermar Johnson. How's it going today, sir? Been an interesting day. It That's has okay. been. It, it has been an interesting day. You, I feel as though you've been a little more active on Twitter today than, than normal. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really much of a Twitter person. I'm more on IG, but um, right. when I, I said something, my my mentions went crazy. So I just was, was keeping up on it all day and trying to ease people's minds a little bit. Right. Yeah. Right. You're a voice of reason. Definitely, I would say that. And right. you know, as I was, uh, as we were talking uh, to get this set up here, I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but. Mamadou Diara has officially entered the portal as well. 
No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that. But not surprising. <laughs> no, let's let us let us get all, all let's get to that all here in a second. But you know, before we talk about this crazy day, I do want to talk a little bit uh, to you about the season that the Bearcats have had. You know, I see you and, and some other former players. Uh, you know, Flight White. And some guys, you know, go, going back and forth on Twitter, you know, I follow all of you. And I love seeing that interaction that you guys have on there and, you know, your responses and your reactions, uh, you know, to, to things happening in the games. You know, just your thoughts on the, the season. It was up and down. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, a little more positive than some people uh, were. But, you know, I'd love to hear your uh, your thoughts on on this Bearcat season during this COVID year? Yeah, well, me and some of them guys, we we talk more outside of Twitter um, about stuff that's going on. But as far as the season, it was just I was telling everybody all year. Even early on, it started off pretty bad, and but but it started off bad for like so many teams that we expect great things of. And I just I just chalked it up to it's it's just a weird year. And and crazy things are happening. These kids dealing with, you know, stuff that nobody else has ever had to deal with in the in the country. So I just basically talked talked it up to that. Then we find we finally started to play well, turned it around, made some strides at the end. The young guys, the freshmen, you know, they they came together and and played some really good minutes for us. Got us some wins. Got us to the championship game. And Houston is just a good team. Um, grown men out there it'd have been hard to to pull that win off but i felt good about our guys who i assumed were coming back right I, I think today weird i think you know uh there were uh, uh there's probably one guy you know I, I didn't assume zach harvey was going to be back uh i would have loved him to be i was a big fan of yeah. our, uh, zach uh, yeah but but other than that I, you know i think i think that you're right there's Plenty of minutes to go around for these freshmen, which mm -hmm. you, know, you would assume that they love. You know, that you're only playing with eight or nine scholarship guys, so you know you're getting plenty of minutes, plenty of experience uh, coming down the stretch. For you, was there was there one a particular player on the Bearcats team that was your favorite to watch, or are you more looking at the X's and X's and O's type of thing? Um, well, a few things. Well. Keith, Keith is is done what I expect expect him to do. Um, Keith's been there. I was really impressed with JD all year. Davenport was 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 great pretty much all year. Just his energy, knocking down shots, playing playing hard, playing different positions. I thought he was great all year. Um, also, I thought when 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 Mike Saunders got his minutes. I thought when Julius, um, when he backed out, I thought Mike was great. Um, and I, and Madsen, I thought I thought Madsen was 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 really really good. It's important to have a guy out there who can just spread the floor like that, and knock down those shots consistently. Um, and I thought these guys were going to do nothing but get better. Um, and 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 also also um, Eason, I thought Eason was pretty good all year. He was an all freshman team. Mm -hmm. These guys are all young, so I'm like, man, even even not knowing what's coming in next year, I'm like, these guys will be okay if we add a few few pieces. 
Right. I think I think that was a you know the consensus for a lot of Bearcats fans was you know keeping this core together was important. And if you mm-hmm. go get you know you you need another big man maybe two. You know you have the uh, the Russian kid Victor on the bench who's a question mm-hmm. mark. Uh, but if you can go get a, a big guy to you know, to me I don't think Tari Eason should be playing the five. Uh, yeah. Right. I think I mean I you know you know the kid and if you follow him on social media or his mom, you know, is, is big, uh, on social media, you know, the kid obviously has NBA aspirations and the experience that he's getting playing the five, that's not, you know, playing into his skill set or the one that he needs to build to do that. Honestly, it'd be a, to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's more of a three or four. I see that too. When I first watched him, I mean, I I thought he was, you know, he was good on, he was good rebounding. I thought he I didn't see him play in high school at all. So I I thought he was a, a big man just by you know, where where they had him at. And then as I watched him play, I'm like, this kid is acting like he's a three. You know, he's shooting he's shooting the threes with ease with no problem. Um he's trying to take guys off the dribble. It looked like he was kind of a wing to me. Like a three four, just like you said. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there's a, a a lot of speculation uh, is to maybe he could be the next guy t- to hit that portal. Nothing's official. Nothing's been reported as, you know, at the time that we're recording this. I certainly yeah. hope that's not the case. Uh, yeah. But let, let's let's jump into it here a little bit. This crazy day that we're talking about, we've had a handful of players enter the portal, which, uh, you know, the transfer portal this year is going to be insane. They've been saying that for a couple of months now. The mm-hmm. thought was, could – a thousand players enter it, and I just saw uh, someone from CBS say that it could be as many as fifteen hundred, which right. blow, blows yeah. my mind. So we've so far today we've lost uh, Mamadou Diara, who who just announced Gabe Madsen, who we did not see a whole lot of this year, but he was supposed to be the better of the two brothers. Right. Uh, we've lost Mikey Saunders Jr. Mm-hmm. and Zach Harvey. Right. And as, as you said here, you were on Twitter trying to to, you know, sort of be the adult in the room or, you know, let yeah. make sure people were, were chilling out here. But what what was your you know reaction as as more and more Bearcats fans were, you know, chirping in and and your mentions were blowing up? Well, the, I mean, I expect I expected Zach to, to be gone. Um which is unfortunate. I didn't. I didn't like when I heard that because I, I really like Zach. Um, but the Saunders thing was alarming, and 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 I was and, and I was curious about what was that? What was that about? Because that's supposed to be his guy. He's supposed to be knowing his kid for so long, and the kid was playing great, and he was going to get all the minutes basically. So him leaving, and I and I did get what a lot of the fans were saying. You know, I'm not about to go on Twitter and trash my coach. Right. So, and I'm positive, and I'm a positive person by nature anyway. But the dishonest thing is alarming. I, I'm curious of what's going on there. I mean, where where else where else is he trying to go and, and get the opportunity that he, he has here? That's what I'm curious about. And what will push a kid that's been knowing the guy for so long to, to want to leave this situation? I mean, you, 
those are all valid points. And something I, I want to bring up here is a, a tweet that I saw that uh, that flight put out was that, you know, he transferred after was yeah. it after his sophomore year. He right. had, and he, he, he tweeted, he said, you know, I knew that I, I had to transfer, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but I had a plan and I knew how to, you know, accomplish my goal. And with some of these guys, he said, he's not, for sure how they're going to accomplish their goals, which is basically, you know, what you're saying here is, I mean, so does, does that make it like, does that, do you think, or is that because they're butting heads with the coaching staff and they're, you know, reacting instead of, you know, doing what's best for them? Or is this, or is this just something like, uh, I have, a, I mean, it's not really, it can't be a, I have a better opportunity elsewhere. That's, that's what, that's what, I'm yet to yet to find out. Like flight situation is different. He's coming into Florida as a McDonald's All American, and Florida just keep bringing in more McDonald's All Americans. He wasn't getting his opportunity. He's trying to go pro, mm-hmm. so he got out of there. We're talking about kids who, and 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 flight here. So he always wanted to follow me anyway. He went to my high school after me. He went to Cincinnati after me. Right. He moved right around the corner from me. Flight's always been following me. <laughs> that's my that's, that's my son. <laughs> but for these guys, <laughs> and like when I'm hearing maybe Easton's going to leave, and I'm like, he's all he's on an all freshman team, and 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 Sanders, these guys are getting opportunities, and only things happen, more guys are leaving this year, and even though they get an opportunity, they'll get more opportunities next year. So that's what's that's what's weird because some of these kids they're they're so quick to transfer because they they. They they want more opportunity or maybe something going on with the coach, but they can go somewhere else and deal with the same things. Right. And and now will you do transfer again? And now people are looking at you like you're the problem. Yes. But this situation here with it being so many guys, that's that's just what's weird. And that's what I'm that's that's what I wanna know. Why like what what we'll make we'll make and and hopefully what I'm hearing isn't true because 'cause I'm hearing Maybe Ethan and other twins leaving. But right. Wild speculation right there. now everywhere. Huh? It, I mean, just a lot of people doing some guesswork right now. Right. Right. And, right. And you bring up a good point. You know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Uh, For sure. I mean, I, I mean, your coach, Bob Huggins, was – one of the main reasons that I wanted to go to the university of Cincinnati and they got rid of him just in time for me to get there, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. there had to be times I, I've heard stories, you know, I've had Terry Nelson on the podcast. Uh, I've had um, the helicopter on the podcast, all telling stories of, of Bob Huggins. And I mean, realistically, how, how often do you like your coach? I mean, you know, you're practicing every day of the week and you're playing a couple times, but I mean, those, those practices that I've heard of are, are legendary and, and what 90% of the time, you're probably not going to like the guy or at least, right. you know, he's, he's, he's yelling, he's trying to get you to, to do the right thing. So it's just, it's just kind of weird to me that we're having this large amount of, of players leave and if you're blaming the coach is it is it the coach and he, he's being too hard on kids and they're not responding to that well uh and this you know extra covid year 
is giving them the opportunity to, to change their mind. You know, some people are going to blame the kids for that. Like you said, it's, it's just a weird situation where, you know, we're not getting the full story yet. Right. And that, yeah. And that's why I don't want to jump to any conclusions because I don't want to blame the kids or the coach. Cause we, we just don't know what's going on, but, but all coaches are probably going to piss you off, especially college coaches. They, in college, the coaches have all the control, and you got to listen to them, or else you probably won't play. Right. But but the funny thing is, we're not dealing with mixed guys. We're dealing with coaches, guys. Right. And 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 I don't know if if the COVID thing played a part in it, where these they just had so many restrictions, and they want to be closer to home, or I don't know. It's it's hard it's hard to, to, to put a put a finger on, on this one right now. The the Saunders thing, as I keep going back to that, that's the one that's really alarming to me. The other guys, you know, I get it. You you and coach maybe don't get along. Like Zach like I talked to Zach last year mm-hmm. and um during the season and I'm I was just talking to him like you how you feel? He's like, I feel all right, man, I know next year Keith is gone. And, you know, I know I'm going to be able to, you know, do my thing. And the season was still going on. I was like, you sure, Keith? What if Keith don't end up having the best year? And he was like, nah, Keith gone regardless. Hmm. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, if you need some help, you need me, you know, work with you, let me know I'm here. He was like, cool. But then Keith in, ends up, you know, coming back. And right there, I'm pretty sure, you know, that wasn't in Zach's plans for Keith to come back. But Zach still had opportunity to play some minutes, and it just was up and down for him. And when he started to play well, everybody got COVID, and we had to stop playing. Right. So him, I understood. Right. And and something that we've talked about on this podcast before with, with some other people, and tell me your thoughts on this. It seems like this year's Bearcats team – we had a lot of the same pieces to the puzzle, meaning that guys like Harvey, Williams, uh, Micah Adams-Woods would probably fall into this category. They're, they're a wing, and they can, they're more of a, a drive-and-score type of player than a, than a create-your-own-shot like Jaron Cumberland was. Uh, right. Uh, you know, Micah, towards the end of the season, you know, he took on a little bit of a, a different role and he could, you know, hit up or, you know, s- catch the ball, spot up, shoot to three and knock it down and and yeah. was averaging, you know, double digits the last, you know, like seven or eight games. So he took on right. a different role. But before that, it seems like we we had guys that could not necessarily create their own shot. Uh, would you agree with that or, or what's what do you think about about the pieces that we had this year? Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to that. Um, um, I mean, I, I do feel like I mean, last year Micah had the ball in his hands more, so he he was able to to do more last year because he was playing the point, and then this year he wasn't playing the point as much, so he wasn't he didn't have as many opportunities to create. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of guys. I mean, because Jern, Jern, you know, Jerns don't just grow on trees. No. He can play. Okay, he just, he just, you know, he's not the, the most athletic, not the tallest. He just a guy that just just knows how to play, and he he figured out he he uses his ability to the to his advantage the best he can. 
you know, them guys keep more athletic and all that, but Jaren just got to use his body and he, and he can play. But I don't know. I mean, I think, I think, I thought Zach was going to be that guy because I've seen Zach create, I've seen Zach hit shots, I've seen him be athletic and finish at the rim. He just wasn't able to put it together this year. Right. And then, you know, the, the emergence of, of Jeremiah Davenport, you know, probably didn't help Zach a whole lot. You know, you know Jeremiah Davenport, I think he had two leg surgeries uh, between yeah. last season and this season. And, yeah. you know, he, he's you know portrayed as this kid that was kind of, uh, you know, shunned by, you know, major programs. And, you know, he was committed to somewhere in Ohio, Bowling Green, maybe. Uh, and then he, you know, dreamed of playing at UC his whole life, you know, a molar kid. And this season he just took a gigantic leap where, you know, I thought, I thought he'd be like a, like a seventh or eighth man off the bench. If that this year, because yeah. I mean, he was a spark plug last year and he had the energy, but what he, that leap that he took this year was, I mean, it definitely didn't help Harvey at all. I, I mean, I know he played hard and played with energy, but, he he was just making so many threes that was surprising, and but he they played him a lot at the four too, mm-hmm. so I felt like Zach could have maybe still been able to 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 find some minutes on the wing. Yeah, but you know I mean, it's like you say we had a lot of the same pieces, so it's hard for guys to get on the floor. Like I don't know what they was promising. Gabe, I mean, I didn't even see much of him at all. I don't even know really what he does, but you got all these guys at the same position. Everybody can't play. Right, right. And, you know, Gabe, you know, his twin brother gave us, you know, great minutes down the stretch and got of, you know, he probably benefited the most out of this crazy season because – I don't, you know, every, you know, everyone, everyone says his brother's a better shooter, but, you know, better off the dribble. Uh, you know, he was the guy and, and Matt and, you know, Mason, you had to take to get his brother. That's what the, that's what, you know, pretty much everyone said, but mm-hmm. I mean, he, towards the end of the season, you know, you, you have to guard him at the three point line and yeah. he can take a dribble or two and, you know, pop a jump shot from 12 feet. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he's, He's gotten better defense all year. I think he's definitely one of the, you know, better, better guys that improved the season because of the minutes that he got. Yeah, he played hard too. If, I mean, if if it's, if Gabe is better than Mason, I mean, I haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. I I'd love that seeing that. Yeah, because if he shoot better than I, Mason, can shoot the ball bees. And if Gabe shoots the ball and handles the ball better than Mason, then Sucks. It sucks. <laughs> we don't. I mean, we don't have that. I. I mean, if if you could have had that on each each wing next season, that that could have been lethal. I think. Yeah. But, but so, the thing about that, the thing about it is we didn't we didn't see a lot of that, so it's hard to miss what, what we ain't see. Mm-hmm. And we seen we seen Mason go out there and give us good minutes, and we seen Mikey go out there and, and give us good minutes. So we're gonna miss. We're gonna miss. You know, saying guys that's won games for us. Uh, so, so you you said you were you're, uh, you know a little more active on Twitter today than normal. You're an Instagram guy, but 
for everyone that's reached out to you uh, or, you know, when you hop back on social media here in a little bit, what if, if you could let Bearcats fans know what is your advice to them? What 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 knowledge would you, would you give them uh, today and moving forward? Um, well, shoot, I don't I don't have knowledge on I think news might still be coming. Sure. Um, and and there's, there's nothing there's nothing we can do about it. These kids, if they fail, how they fail, we'll find out later, maybe. But there's going to be a lot of guys in the trans, transfer portal, and I'm pretty sure our coaching staff knows that they just got to be really active. And 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 this, and I don't want to judge off this year anyway. Right. Um, I mean, because cause you think about it, last year we 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 split a title, we split a conference title, and this year we made it to the championship game in the tournament and lost to a great team. It, that's not that bad. These transfers, I think, this was really you know pissing people off. So let's see what these guys do this summer and bring bringing and some kids in here and you know see how it goes next year and. You know, then, then if it doesn't get any better, you know, you guys, you might do something to what a lot of people are saying. Right, right. And, you know, I, I want to ask you this while I have you here. And something that a lot of fans have talked about all year was that, you know, COVID, you know, it didn't allow for the the preseason that players usually have. It didn't allow for the practices or the exhibition games. From your experience – as a player, how important was that kind of stuff? Because it seems like fans sort of just dismiss that or blow it off. Would you would you say those things are a pretty big deal? Just to say it again, I'm sorry. The, so, like the the exhibition games or the early yeah. season games that you know the the team didn't get to play are. Yeah. Some people say those are a big deal. Some people say that they're not. What's what's your opinion on on those sort of things that didn't get to happen? Uh, I don't know. I I mean. If it's if it's a brand new team, then it probably means more. If it's a team that's been together, then probably doesn't mean as much. But but when you when you practice in your butt off for months against the same guys, I mean you just you just can't wait to play against somebody else. You try to beating up on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think them them exhibition games it it, it means more to a, a new team and. And probably in our case, we pretty much had a new team, so right. it maybe maybe would have helped us. And that's why I don't want to, you know, they trying to give up on coach. But I mean, I don't know how much of a fair shake he's got. He just took over a team that wasn't his and did a pretty good job with him. And this year it was just a, I mean, look at Duke and look at Kentucky. Like they're not even in a tournament. Nope. It's just been Michigan State. It's just been a, a really well. Michigan State got a chance still, I think, right? Yeah, they got to play uh, Mick and UCLA as a playing game. Right, right. But it's just been a weird. It's just been a weird year for some really good programs. Now everybody's not, you know, just transferring, you know, half their team. But I, I just want to just, just, just get through, just get through this year. Hope life get back to normal. And you know, and see and see what happens then. 
Absolutely. So, tomorrow I got two more questions for you. Uh, I want to respect your time and definitely thank you for hopping on here with me. I think our listeners are going to love this. Uh, two final questions here for you. I want to know, have you already filled out your March Madness bracket yet? Yeah, I did. I did one of them. I don't usually do, don't usually do them. These things are frustrating. It's make a, a guy who thinks he's smart look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I do. I do have one. I do have one filled out, and I think I have. I, I might have. I think I got Illinois, maybe one. Okay. Illinois. I know I got them against Gonzaga. Okay. All right. I know. So I ask you that because I have my bracket here in front of me. My final four. I have Iowa, Baylor, Bama, and West Virginia. Let me go to this and see if it's still saved somewhere. It's on some app on my phone. We'll we'll see here. I've, I've, that's that's undisclosed. That's breaking news. I've not disclosed that final four to anyone yet. So, okay, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't find my. Um, I know Gonzaga in Illinois is in is in the final four. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I think I think that's a, a pretty safe bet there. I'm trying to find Illinois. Yeah, Illinois is coming out of the same bracket as West Virginia. They're the one seed. That yeah. uh, I think I don't know that Gonzaga I could definitely see their brackets not as uh but they got a pretty easy you say yeah. that you say they have a pretty easy path and then something crazy happens so and, and that's, why I hate these, that's why I hate these things man you, <laughs> the, the things the things that are just supposed to happen never end up happening that's true that's and that's what makes it fun I guess that's what makes it fun. yeah that's, and that's true too all right last question here for you. Uh, so, you know, you spent numerous years in the NBA. I think, uh, you know, a lot of players probably remember you most for the Nuggets. Uh, you know, you're on the, on the Denver team with, uh, with Kmart and Allen Iverson. Uh, mm -hmm. So my question is, do you have a – well, my favorite player of all time is Kobe Bryant. So I'm asking you this selfishly. Do you have your own Kobe story that you'd like to share? Um, let me see. I don't think I have a, a a really great Kobe story. I mean, Kobe. So for me, is Mike then Kobe? Kobe's like my my second favorite of all time. I do. I, I did get a pair of his autograph shoes after a game we played. Nice. Um, but what's so funny is like with Kobe and Allen, and Allen obviously one of my best friends to this day. I always guarded those guys really well because mm -hmm. I was so much of a fan like you know I got a I got a <laughs> an article somewhere posted up where you know I had like 20 something on the Lakers and I, I said Demar Johnson you know guarded Kobe well and we beat them pretty bad and you know I, I had more points than he did but I've definitely been on the other end of some some 40s that he's had it wasn't against me but on my team but I don't know. I, I never really talked trash like, you know, a lot of other guys. So I didn't have any crazy, crazy Kobe stories. But he was definitely one of my favorites. I, You know, I tried to, you know, do a lot of the things he did. And, you know, he gave me a pair of his autographed shoes. That's, that's, that's good enough, man. That's awesome. That's good stuff. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Uh, no problem. Yeah, for, yeah, definitely. So, Jamar, you know, I uh, – 
you know, I've had a, a handful of, of former basketball players on the podcast. Uh, you know, you're the, the newest one to add to that list. I appreciate your time. Uh, definitely maybe uh, do this again when, when the dust settles and, and uh, we're looking forward to next season. Uh, I think it's been great. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm here whenever you guys need to talk or get my input on something. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> All right. Now, are you? I know you know you were on mixed staff, uh, you know, for a while. Are you? Are you looking to to get back uh, into that, or or what do you have going on right now? Well, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, MBA, college, um, front office, coaching. You know, just. All, all of the above is working around a game that I love and I've spent my life dedicated to. But right right now, until some until that happens, I'm still playing the big three. I'm supposed to bring the big three back this summer, and I'm enjoying. Art. I just started a local training business. So, any any anybody got kids that need training or adults need training, basketball training, email me Demar Johnson skills at gmail.com and schedule some training. All right. You know, I coach middle school basketball. Maybe I'll talk to some of my guys and, and give them your contact information. See if we can't uh, improve a little over the off season. Yeah, for sure. Send them my way. All right, man. I, awesome. Will do. I appreciate everything, man. You have a good evening and, and hopefully the dust settles here for the Bearcats. No problem. Yes, sir. You too. I want to thank the Demar Johnson for hopping on the Go Beer Cats podcast. It was great talking to him. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, hopefully everything works out here for the Bearcats. Who knows? Guys are dropping like flies. <laughs> I'm going to finish this beer. Until next time, cheers and go Bearcats. <laughs>